care. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. And I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. And I am Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a show about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that more every time I say it. Maybe I should stop. (laughs) You know, I was just going to say, this is a great place to live. <laughs> there's a um, there's a uh, a school of acting where you just say the same word over and over and over again mm-hmm. with different inflections until you realize that the emotion is what matters and not the word. Right. And I think I'm doing the reverse of that with my yeah. I'm yeah. like hypnotizing myself. Yeah. I have yeah. to drink. I live here. I have to drink. I live here. <laughs> well, you know. All sorts of stuff to get to. We're going to have, this is going to be our star-studded um, Todd cast ahead of the Oscars. And we're not going to talk about the Oscars. I'm, we, I, we can. I don't know anything about them. I, I totally forgot and, yeah, com- like completely missed all of that. Okay, I have a plan for the Oscars. Let's talk about the Oscars for a second. Are, are the Oscars on on Super Bowl Sunday? Is that... Or is that, that typical? That was no, no, no. But that's what I thought too. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is how bad we are. The Oscars aren't on until the end of March. I forget right. the date. Kind of my head, like the twenty seventh, something like that. Okay. But they announced the Oscars recently, and there was all sorts of Oscar stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, are the Oscars on the same day as the Super Bowl? <laughs> Followed immediately by, they really ought to be. That would be fun. That I would see what be, you, yeah, I see that the angle you're taking. Wonderful for for old school couples like myself mm. and and my missus. Um, she can watch that Oscars for thirty hours or whatever of awfulness, <laughs> and I can watch you know thirty hours of awfulness of the Super Bowl and go out right. and have a cigar at uh, halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'll watch it this year. I uh, I'm betting on it, so I'll probably watch it. Oh, yeah, because actually on our Super Bowl show every year, we always talk about the prop bets. Right. Yes, I just got them in the mail. Oh, fun. Um, I, I Yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it. Um, but with, uh, I think I've talked, to, I've, I've talked about it before. I've talked about everything on the show. It's, it, it, I shouldn't say that all the time. But uh, football was really important to me in getting through fall of twenty. 20 and 2021 more so i think in 21 mm-hmm. and this year i i fell out of love with it again yeah <laughs> it's just been as being a washington fan i think it's just been one hit after another I mean, yeah it's i mean again i i used to i used to follow the jets pretty closely and now i only check when i see that they've done something so irredeemably stupid that it makes mm-hmm. it to my non-sports twitter Mm-hmm. Then, then I'll check in on on the Jets. Um, yeah, but I always I feel like so we all have hypocr- hypocrisies, and admitting them doesn't make it better, but at right. least you get it out there. All right, so um, I am against football, but I'm more for betting. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. So, so my hypocrisy is betting on a sport that I think is evil and then um, helping to perpetuate the evil of the sport. Yeah. Well, and, and I am riddled with hypocrisy when it comes to movies. Also, I, I love all of the Marvel movies. Uh, I like, but I also, you know, consider myself an original storyteller or right. It's uh, um, and I like the Oscars, but I, 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 even with football though, and I don't think this is an attention span thing. I think this is the level of dedication that I'm willing to sacrifice. I've always said that I'm a football fan because I can't watch baseball. There's too many games, hockey, same thing, basketball, whatever. It's one day a week. Well, you should do that. Football is one day I can, I can dedicate one day a week to it, but now it's like I can dedicate 17 minutes to watch the highlights on Monday morning. And that, I find that incredibly, and and that goes for uh, the Oscars as well. I've got, I've I've got an observation. I'm going to psychoanalyze you here. Okay. Now that they play football four days a week and you can't get all your football in one go. Do you think that puts it kind of in the baseball category? Maybe. Because maybe. it used to be if all the games were on the same day, right? Mm-hmm. All but one, every game but one. So when you were watching one game, you were getting information on all the other games at the same right. time. Yes. So yes. you were you felt up to date and you watched your game and you were sad because your team lost. <laughs> Uh, but then, but then again, but then if you stayed up on Monday night to watch Monday night football, that's fine. But that was, you know, an yeah. extra, you know, I it think, was essentially one day of football. And I wonder if I, that's I, why attendance falls off. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, specifically for my attention, uh, I, I think, I think it's the growth. This is not the direction I thought we were going to go immediately, but this is fun. Uh-huh. The, the, uh, my feelings about Monday night football have been and always have been, it's on too late. There's too many commercials. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's, there's too much to do about it. And now that aspect is the aspect that has expanded. So it's not like you're saying where you're getting information on a bunch of different things at the same time. Cause they're all happening simultaneous. Like right. if they would have doubled the number of teams and then moved to four days and there were multiple games at the same time on multiple days, like that, maybe that would be the difference. But the part that I like disliked uh, the most is what they keep capitalizing or expanding. And um, right. yeah, yeah, I think you're, I think you're onto something there. So cheers. Tony and Todd on go, football and go, the Oscars. And I'm sorry, I screwed, I'm, I'm sorry. I screwed it up with the, uh, with the Super Bowl because the Oscars brings us to our one cool thing each. Oh, Ooh. our sponsor. I'm our sponsor mm-hmm. this week, so I want to get my ad in. Yes. Yes. Um, this week, each we're, week sponsored- we're sponsored by one uh, uh, a cool business. <laughs> I, don't know, I was going to try to pick up your. That's your, okay. Your uh, <laughs> so this week, I'm our sponsor. Um, I'm I'm the author of Dragged Into the Light, uh, which you can find at draggedintothelight.com. I com. I also have a a sub stack that I would really like it if you uh, subscribed to. And this, and that also has a podcast. It's about 10 minutes, maybe 15 on a long week of me reading something that I've written for people who don't, who don't mind me, but don't like to read. 
Um, and there's lots of like my brother listens. He was like one of my first subscribers. And if I miss a show, he says something to me about it because he's like, that's great. So that's every other week. And that's at a bagelmanifesto.com. Now, each week we talk about one cool thing that happened to us because we lived here or because we work here. Mm-hmm. And this week, Todd's going to start with his one cool thing, which is. Oh, I thought you were going to te- tease it. I, we're, we're very excited to announce that we actually have revamped the uh, OCMD Film Festival website. And we're, we're sponsoring and uh, created a new website. Actually, Natalie created a new logo, which worked in the Art League's uh, logo and colors. And they, it, Oh, fantastic. You know, it, it's, a, it's a fun little thing. But um, the Ocean City Film Festival is, is, has been going on for a number of years now. Uh, it is coming up in March, March 3rd through the, uh, through the 6th. And um, we're, uh, we're, pretty, we're pretty excited to, uh, to be a part of it. So um, new website. We're going to be f- doing some filming of the uh, you know, welcome party and also the, the exit party. We'll be checking out some films. And uh, you can go to ocmdfilmfest.com and, and check that out. And here's, would you like me to take credit for the Ocean City Film Festival? Yes. It's born your in, fault. Born in my <laughs> office yes. in oceancity.com when mm-hmm. I worked there. Um, the two people who run it were both interns for me in consecutive years. Um, what, is that, what does that say about you? that they were work, working as interns and saw the opportunity to create their own thing to get away from you. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's my thing. That's my, that's my superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, no, two fantastic kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He used to go by B- DL. B- BL, B- right. He, he used no. to go by DL and then he went by his given name for a while, Strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kristen. Yes, that's right. And Kristen, we had on the show many, many moons ago, right? Yeah, no, she was she 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 was on pitching the second one or the first one. I think she was on pitching the first one. Yeah, um, because it's again, I've watched this whole thing develop, and I'm so like proud to know these two kids who who just decided like I'm we want to make a film festival. Yeah, we we want we're in the film business. He does he does you know, narrative more, I think, and maybe like kind of, uh, let's call it narrative, uh, filmmaking. And, you know, she's, she does, she does all the writing and things like that. And, and they're, uh, they're a great team and they're a great bunch of kids. And I thought, I think it's cool. I have a friend, um, who has a cigar store. Mm-hmm. His, his name is, is Ralph. It's lighthouse cigars in Hassett, New Jersey. Um, and when he opened his store, he opened it at the end of the cigar boom in the 90s. Okay. So he opened it in like 1997 or something like that. And we we're all like, really? Like, you know, <laughs> you, you missed the train. And he just celebrated, I think, his 25th year in business. He's very successful. He has like two or three stores. If you do something well, it doesn't matter if it's popular. Right. And he right. was good at that. And when I heard about the Ocean City Film Festival, I, I didn't have the same kind of like the, you know, you missed the boat. I was, but I was just like, this seems, you know, it seems like it's going to take a lot of work 
to yeah. put together. And well, I think by their second year, they were turning films away and they had to institute a, a submission fee just to, you know, just to kind of level out and level up, I guess, on their films that they get. And they're getting better films every year. Yeah. And I mean, and historically, you've sort of been uh, the the yin or the yang to my, you know, like, uh you know, being down on Ocean City because there's uh, a lot of, uh, you know, maybe there's icky, maybe, icky behavior. There's there's a lot of icky behavior, and uh, I can understand two kids with a great idea, but making it happen in you know surrounded by ickiness. Uh, they've actually they've done a very good job of force of will. It's a force of will, yeah, and yeah. and it's really super cool. Yeah. So yeah, go over to the website and uh, you can buy passes and there are the, all the movies are listed and I, I think it's going to be uh, a, a pretty, a pretty neat thing. Got some speakers that are going to be there uh, doing, uh, you know, doing panels and it's, yeah, like, like we said, it's a, it's a real deal film festival and, and I'm for one, I'm very excited to be a part of it. We just worked on and did a little commercial that I guess we'll we'll play because we're a sponsor, and um, you know I I think it's very it's very us it's very good clean fun you know it's it's like us having fun out and about all around and and like yeah this is, but we also do websites too right so yeah I, I, I think it will be perfect that's fantastic and. When you say there are panels, I know one of the guys on one of the panels mm -hmm. um, and he has a book out and it's by the same publisher that published my book. My book is called Dragged Into the Light, Sherry Schreiner, Sherry Schreiner, Sherry Schreiner. <laughs> something, something, something. Something, something, something. Um, his book, his name is Brent Lewis mm -hmm. and his book is called Stardust by the Bushel, Hollywood on Chesapeake Bay's Eastern, on the Chesapeake Bay's Eastern Shore. And he'll be one of the panelists. He'll be there signing and selling books. I'm so excited for him. He's a great guy. He's a great writer. Um, his last book was pretty successful too. He's he's he does well. Um, he writes a lot of like local history, but you know, like literary nonfiction local history. You know, not right, not the right. garbage that I put in my beer book. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but. One of the stories that must be in there, because it's the most famous one I know, um, is, did you know that Robert Mitchum lived? Do you know who Robert Mitchum is? And he, did you know? He's, he's a writer. No. Close no. but no cigar. He was one of the first good-looking action hero kind of guys. Oh, um, okay. Did you see Cape Fear? I did. did the you original see, one. He was the bad guy. In the original. In the right. original. Okay. Um, that's kind of what it's easy, but he, I mean, he was, he was just like that argh, big square jaw, whatever. Uh, but yes, he lived in trap Maryland, <laughs> like his whole life. Like he moved his whole family out there. Uh, as soon as he hit it big, he, he said, I don't want my family growing up in Hollywood. So he moved them to trap Maryland. <laughs> right, Trap's a nice place. You got like horse farms and, in the 1960s. There, so. Oh yeah. In There's... the 1960s. <laughs> In the yeah. late fifties, I don't mm. even know if they had electricity there yet. <laughs> but whenever do they have, do they have electricity now? Or <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but when, but when he, uh, 
you know, when he wasn't filming, he lived in trap. That was his, that was his permanent kind of home. And so I'm sure he had plenty of, you know, super cool visitors. And, um, I saw a picture of him. I have a really, really long story to tell, and I'm going to put it all the way together. I promise. Uh, I saw a picture of him on the uh, set of Carmen Jones, where he was visiting. Uh, Carmen Jones is a, a black Carmen film with Harry Belafonte. Okay. Um, and Carmen is the uh, opera. There's an opera by a uh, French opera oh, by okay. Bizet called Karma. Okay. You know, the yeah, that one. Yes. Um, and it's one of my favorites and they never put it on. They don't put it on often because I guess, you know, I guess it's like a greatest hits. It's like too, too much of a greatest hits. They get the wrong sorts at the opera when they put that on. I don't know why, right, but they don't right. put Carmen, Carmen on a lot, but they are putting it on at the national, uh, opera this spring. And if I ever go to anything it's going to be this so i'll know in another couple of weeks whether i can afford to and am mentally stable enough to um attend the opera because it's just one i've always wanted to see i mentioned this to my brother he mentioned to me carmen jones which i hadn't seen um the movie with uh harry belafonte um and then brent lewis posted a picture (laughs) of robert mitchum on the set of carmen jones the black carmen that my brother brought up three weeks three days ago in new jersey we all live in a simulation it's crazy it's, it's crazy i'm it, like what are the odds you know right. it just connected everything um but i'm, I'm very excited for brent I'm very excited for the film festival yeah. and um and and you you had mentioned uh when we were doing a little our little pre-show prep that his new book is out and already very successful. Yeah, very successful. And it's a book that you might buy. Like it's, uh, <laughs> you know. Unlike your book. Unlike apparently. my book, which no one would buy. No one it's in there. It's a slow right burn. I keep it. saying it's a slow, it's a slow burn. Well, I've got another, I've got another television show. I don't know how many television shows I have to do for free until someone buys a book. <laughs> <laughs> who knew that pan in a book would be so much television work I, I and i just uh it's it's amazing but the audiobook is coming out and i guess mm. that we'll move mm-hmm. in to talk about that before we run out of time yeah um so my audiobook will be out in the incredibly near future i'm very excited about it um so as listeners if you're listening which you are I can say for sure. Um, if you'd like a, a free copy of the audiobook, I have, I didn't, I'm sorry, I meant to not say free. I meant to say a copy of the audiobook at no cost because I would like you to give it an honest review on Amazon or wherever you would normally buy a book. Um, okay. Goodreads does it or whatever. But if you um, if you send an email to buy Tony Russo, B-Y-T-O-N-Y-R-U-S-S-O at Gmail, then um, I'll put you on the list. And when I get the uh, when I get the OK, I'll send them all out. And I, I hope you like them. I worked I worked real hard on them. And I have a project that I'm 
I've already told Todd about like a hundred years ago, but I'm going to announce it here also today. Um, please buy the audiobook. Also, um, in early March, I'm going to have an audio commentary available. I'm going to do like a Patreon kind of thing where you can mm-hmm. sign up and get audio commentary on the book. Um, and that would include things that I had to leave out and I had to leave so much out. I mean, Todd, you actually have read the book and thank you very much. And it's 12 feet away from being convoluted, right? It's really, it's, it it gets a little kooky and I took out most of the kooky stuff. Yeah. And and so, and so, (laughs) So if you want to lean into the kooky stuff, right? This, I'm, this I'm, is going to be for you. Yes, I'm going to be. I'm going to be doing um, a series. Um, so it'll be chapter commentary and then also extra audio. Uh, there were several interviews that I didn't use in the book uh, that I have that I'd like to put out. There are. Um, I talked to this one woman. Um, her name was Pearl Sap, and she was really like. You're talking to her and and I'm and you're like, yeah, I would leave my children with you. Did you just say that you're a prophet? It's like she's super normal and also just believes in some of the craziest, 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 craziest things. And what I love about it is there's a very strong sense when you talk to people like this of the unreliable narrator, uh, someone who. Right the liar who's telling the story, you know, when you think of, uh, one of, one of the easy examples, uh, is the movie Memento. You've, you've seen the movie Memento, right? That is an unreliable narrator. He starts this story by by saying that his memory is bad and can be manipulated by other people. And this is what's going on. So there's no, you know, there's no way to tell what's right and what's wrong. Um, another great one is, uh, the usual suspects, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because none of that could have happened. He could have just not spoken in in the like it's all from his perspective, right? So right. it could all be made up. Um, so talking to people like this, they're like, and this and this, and then the CIA came and killed him. And you're like, wait, yeah, how could this it's, CIA? Yeah, it's it's so it's so baffling to me. And you have such an interesting perspective because you've been immersed <laughs> with this sort of uh thinker and um you know it, like part of me wonders if they is it like a case by case thing where they're just like oh i got i got this guy in i got him listening and i'm going to i'm going to push it this this little bit a little bit further just to just to kind of no, see what reaction no, or is uh, it just like just a honeypot? It was all all the all the same level of crazy from day one, but it was just a hun- honeypot where people just get into it, get into it, get into it. I had an epiphany this week that I'll probably wow. be writing about in another Congratulations. three weeks. Um, what if it's all about? What if it's just as simple as convenience? Like right. We're like, I, like, I don't want to think about the complexity of things. I'm going to assign it to like the, like the ancient. (laughs) Oh, that's clearly uh, a a guy driving across the sky in a chariot with a big ball of fire. Right. It's just, 
everything in our lives, like we treasure convenience above everything else. And, right. Excuse me. And sorry. And so I wonder whether it has to do with just yeah. being happy to not happy have to the worry wa- about ha- it. Happy to watch the highlights on Monday morning. Right. I-, <laughs> I just, I just, I just have a list of what I believe uh-huh. and it's easier to just keep believing this than it is to worry about it. Right. And it's horrifying, but the more I think about it, the more sense it makes. Mm -hmm. I like everything else we do is only to make things more convenient. You know, we have an internet just to make things more convenient. And now we just get our beliefs from it. And it's, yeah, I'll take those beliefs because if I have to do my own, then I'm going to have to do reading and I'm going to have to right. do talking to other people. Right. Um, I was, right. or I'm going to like share and subscribe to the, you know, this uh, square picture with, you know, 10 to 15 words on it, but those 10 to 15 words perfectly align with right. a, f- a feeling I have. So this makes sense. So, yes. And it's, and it's, I feel, I worry and wonder whether it's, whether it's just as simple as that. Mm. Um, mm. Could be. <laughs> so I did have, I, I, I'm not going to talk about the whole interview just yet, but I had an interview yesterday for a podcast and we got to talking about this particular, this particular subject and the other thing that I kind of realized was that a lot of times with people who get involved in these cults, it's you don't want to be wrong. Like you don't want to just say, Oh, I got that wrong. Like you make it so much of a part of yourself. Right. That it's who you are. I think I've said it here before and I've said it, I think I said it in the book and, um, People, there aren't any, there's no one who believes in the 9-11 conspiracy. There are truthers. That's what they call themselves. Right. You know, it used to be, you'd say, well, I believe in low taxes or I believe in, you know, but now I am low taxes. You know, I am, it, it just flips with some people. And when you say you believe something, that means you have to keep checking to make sure that your beliefs are true. But when you are something, you don't yeah. have to check anymore. You don't check to see if you're Todd. Yeah, you're like, right. I'm Todd and this is what I do. Like right, right. almost all of your decisions, even the really difficult moral decisions come because you're Todd. Like right. you're like, well, I'm Todd and this is what I do. Right. I, I, I worry about it and I make this decision. But it's because you're Todd. And so when you're truther, right, Mm -hmm. that puts a really hardcore spin on things because you can't be not truther, right? Like you can choose to not wear glasses, right, or or whatever, but you can't choose to not Todd. Like, and when you make this yourself, you can't, you know, it's a facade. So you, you could and maybe maybe some people do work their way out of it but it's not as simple as that it's because it's like being not Todd it's right. not like it's not like saying oh football is not worth my time anymore yeah right it's 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 not like saying well it's it's too much 
you know, it's it's like saying I'm not Todd anymore. Now, what am I going to be? So I, I heard this thing recently and it's been kicking around in my head a whole lot. And I guess it is uh, it's a quote attributed to um, uh, like a, a broker, a stockbroker or, you know, a, like money, big money guy moving money. And like the way that you survive in that business, and I'm probably, you know, totally messing it up, but uh, strong beliefs loosely held. So like those people succeed because they're like, no, this is the, this is what's happening. This is what you need to do. This is like, give me your money. I'm going to make more, like whatever, you know. Uh, Well, strong beliefs. When it changes and it's like, oh no. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't right. Let's, you know, adjust and, uh, and and figure out what the next thing that I am strongly convicted on. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like I think of, think of investing in Uber, right? Right. If you're, if you're a big broker, you're like, oh, this is clearly the future. Right. And mm-hmm. we're going to go all in on Uber. And then one day they're like, oh, well, it's being run by a sex maniac. And you're like, okay, well, I didn't see that coming. You know, right. I believe that Uber is the future, but I'm not going to leave my money in it until, you know, all the lawsuits and shit shake out. Right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, believing in the company, but not so much that you're willing to give them all your money and then go home poor. Well, and I think that and in, in, in you were kind of getting at it, like we assume certain things like, uh, you know, our dad watched a certain team when we were a kid and then we adopted that. And then for the next 30 years, like that is part of it. Not just that it's like a, you know, something, you know, uh, it's not like a family heirloom that's handed down. It's like a personality trait that's landed down. It's like, right. oh, well, we're a, a Washington family. This is a Washington house, you know? And then, right. and then you make, so many decisions based on that again, like you said, out of convenience, yeah. and, you know, it's like, well, let's take a step back and, and maybe the whole organization is terrible. Maybe the whole league is actually terrible for, for, for many reasons. I mean, maybe there's good, some good things. Maybe there's some bad things, you know, like it, it, it is just funny. The, um, I don't know. Like all of the things that we've talked about kind of come back to, to what, to what you're saying. And what, like what we always talk about is like, how can people be so crazy? But at the same time, it's like, let me outline the aspects that I'm completely crazy for no reason. Right. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're, we're at the end. I want to end on a Jerry Seinfeld joke that kind of <laughs> goes with your, um, uh, goes with your observation is that, Watching sports is essentially rooting for clothing. Yes, if they're yes. different players every year. Yes. You're rooting for the shirt. Yep. That's yep. what he said. All right. Yep. Well, I'm actually out of things to say this week. How about you? Are you good? I'm good. I got nothing. All right. Well, until next time, remember at the beach. It's happy hour whenever you say this. Go team. Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week.